be excited to be here. Let it be known by an amen. amen. Man, it feels like it's been an eternity. But uh, as you know, over the last couple weeks, we have, out of precaution, um, uh, just decided to let the building rest for a moment. But we are grateful to be here. Remember this. As a believer, there is strength in the gathering. I was so encouraged yesterday by the people that were texting me saying, hey, are we meeting in person tomorrow? We need it. <laughs> and um, uh, so we feel safe with the building, and we're grateful to be here. Most importantly, more importantly, I would say, we are here today to give God our attention. Let's give him our attention. I'm excited today, just not just because we get to meet, but sometimes you don't know what you have until it's gone. And two weeks being away is just too long, not just because we don't get to see each other tangibly, but there is a spiritual unity that comes when you're a genuine believer. There's an excitement that comes with that as well. So today we are going to be, when we open the, the Bible, it will be in the book of Philippians. Why Philippians? Because it is a joyous book. And there's reason uh, today to have joy in our heart. So we're going to open in a word of prayer as we think about, um, uh, you know, we're ending one month, tomorrow starts a new month. Um, we're just looking for forward today. We're looking forward, not looking behind. We want to live today, but, but also look forward. So let's bow for prayer. Dear God, thank you for allowing us to meet here today. We know that as we make plans, it's important that we make plans as a church body and, and even in all these ministries nationwide, even worldwide, that if you want them to exist and continue and to minister, nobody can stop you. Nobody. But Lord, we're asking you to give us that foresight and, and desire and passion to know you. And then the ministries will fall right in place. So help us, every person today, whether they're watching by Facebook Live or whether they're here in person. May we hear from you today. May we discover that, that, that you are a God, that yes, there is times when you're pointing sin and correction out in their life, but you're also a God of encouragement, a God of love, a God of joy. So may we pick up your word today. Sing with excitement unto you, our God. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for Holy Spirit for always doing a work and Father for being the great sovereign planner. I lift this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It is good to see everybody again this week. We are excited as the praise team to be able to worship our Lord this morning. We've missed music the last few weeks, and we're excited uh, to sing with you to our Heavenly Father this morning. Would you sing with us as we sing out what we believe? We believe. 
songs we sing, and in our weakness and temptations, we believe, we believe, we believe in God the Father, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's
Heavenly Father, it is you that we hunger for, Father, and that is not in and of ourselves, but we know that you are drawing us to yourself as your people. God, we are grateful to be together, to be able to lift our voices together to you, to in a meager way reflect back to you our gratitude, our love for you, and our thankfulness for who you are. Father, you are the one that we praise this morning and the one that we want to hear from. Would you open our eyes and ears and speak to our hearts as Pastor Scott opens your word this morning. Give him the words to speak and give us the ears to hear. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. I wanted to share with you some good things, exciting things that are happening in to help you with your walk. Now, why am I emphasizing that? And remember, as we started this, uh, well, back a year ago, I think the, one of the first things that I shared with you was that you need to own your walk with the Lord right now. You can't rely on Sunday to Sunday or pastor. That's my phone listening to me preach. I have Facebook Live on my phone is what's going on there to see in case there's something I need to chime in with. But we want to welcome all those by Facebook Live. Mike Thompson, looks like Amy Rinks watching, and Harold Beach. So we want to welcome uh, those, even though they aren't here in body, they definitely can be here in spirit. But I wanted to share uh, one thing that will help you with your owning your walk. Many of you over the years have uh, chosen to use our daily bread as a devotional. Let's just, just for uh, a sign of encouragement, who's all uses or have used daily bread in here? Uh, the bulk of the hands are going up. Our daily bread now has an app. Uh, I encourage you to get it. I, Pastor Rick was telling me about it. it um, it'll actually read the devotion to you. It's very user friendly. I looked at it this morning, of course, our daily bread is a trusted daily devotional. Um, we don't, anything I, we talk about from up here, we want to vet it um, to make sure that it is biblical and honoring to our Lord. So I wanted to share that with you. Um, we get daily breads here, the little booklets. You can actually have them mailed straight to your house if you so desire, but the app can go everywhere your phone goes. And uh, in this day and age, I think we take our phones everywhere now. So I wanted to share that. And I wanted to share this. We're looking forward, y'all. We're doing our best to how to minister, to, to feed each other the Word of God, boys and girls, teenagers. We've already um, um, paid and signed up for the next session of Word of Life, which uh, right now they're meeting on Sundays at 4 o'clock. Uh, of course, Awana today is back in session, 4 o'clock, um, for our children's ministry. Pastor Rick, we've already been just at least brainstorming on what to do as it relates to Vacation Bible School. So if you have an idea, share it with us. Um, the worst thing we can do is nothing. So we need to at least be planning and thinking. And another ministry that I want to make sure you're aware of and by Facebook Live is Grief Share, which starts this Thursday. Um, so Peggy, the facilitator, um, allows me to be a part of that as co-facilitator. I saw that as my official title, so I wanted, I like, you know, so, uh, but it is obviously uh, by the name you can tell, it is a, um, a ministry, it's a legitimate ministry that helps you with the passing of a loved one, of not getting over grief, but getting through. And uh, it's very, very um, uh, spiritual, it's very helpful I've witnessed, I've learned, the more sessions I've been through, the more I am learning. So I encourage you, even if you've had someone uh, years ago that has been in your life that has passed away, that you, it's just, it's just great across the board for all kinds of, of hurt. I share that broad range of ministry, one from excitement all the way to grieving, and it sets us up perfectly for the scripture today. The book of Philippians is a joyous book. You can turn there in your Bibles, the book of Philippians. I, uh, even as of last night, I was on the phone. I was still not, decide, not set on what I was going to preach this morning. And um, in fact, one of, uh, I think, Andrew or Spencer asked me this morning, we were talking about how to, 
how do you know what to preach type of thing? And, uh, you know, what, what stood out to me was my answer to them was, you know, it, it, that's a great question because sometimes it's I'm trying to look and see what what do what our, our church congregation, what where are they at? Next is what do you need? But then again, sometimes it's the Bible's just needs to be taught as the Bible. So keeping all that balanced, but I settled on it last night that we need to be reminded. You need to be reminded as a believer that you, have, you, you, you should have and can have, and the Holy Spirit is trying to work out joy in your life. Would you agree with me that God is always up to something in the believer's life? I have said that line over and over again, and it's so encouraging to me when somebody shares it back to me. And it can be convicting at times even. Uh, so uh, the book of Philippians is a joyous book, but even in the first 11 verses, it's all we're going to attempt to cover is the first 11 verses, you're going to see why it's so encouraging, whether you're having a hard time or whether you're already like, we're here, it's good, what more do you want? I want you walking with the Lord. Not walking with me. I, I want you, I'm, I, I'm to be walking with the Lord, and we're all to be going in that direction, so we're all walking in that direction. Okay? So, uh, just to look at this book by the numbers is interesting. This is a, uh, I challenged our church in 2013 to read the book of Philippians every day for that month. Um, actually, it would have been in June of 2013. So I have lifted this one of five messages out of that series. Who remembers doing that, reading through the book of Philippians? Okay, about four. So it was 2013. Um, it's a bunch of years ago. I didn't realize it was that long ago because we've done it with the book of 1 John. We've done many books we've, we've read through. But in Philippians, we can look at it just by the numbers. And this is for you uh, people that are analytical and likes the numbers, right? It has four chapters, 104 verses. Four chapters, 104 verses. It takes me, it took me about 14 minutes to read this book. It's a letter. It's all it is. 14 minutes. Now, if we were to compare 14 minutes of reading this letter versus your screen time on your phones, I would venture to say that you got time to do the 14 minutes. Especially when we look at the content of what we're watching on our screen time on our phones. Philippians is a book that is very unique. If you need a pick-me-up, I encourage you to keep your bookmark in the book of Philippians. Sometimes we look at the Bible and go, oh man, it's, it's complex. Or we look at it and go, oh, I know what he's going to say in there. All the sin in my life and how it's all, my life's a wreck. There's room for that. We need that in the Bible. But there is also room for encouragement, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, goodness. Listen, listen to all those words that the Holy Spirit is wanting to work out in your life, if indeed you are a believer today. Paul uses five different Greek words to describe the word joy. Five different Greek words. I think it's important. I think he's exhausted the, the, that language to try to emphasize the point. And the word is used at least 15 times in this book. Two times at least in each chapter. So let's e examine. And by the way, speaking of uh, looking at it by the numbers, Christ is named 18 times in these short four chapters. The word gospel or typo, the gospel message, is six times as well in the same book. So let's look at Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6 is the first point. It's, I have you in mind. So that's, that will be our first point. But I want us to read verse 1 and 2. It says, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in, in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if you caught this, but sometimes we read things too quickly and we miss certain lines there. 
Now let me give you one of the lines I don't want you to miss. It's actually in verse the end of verse 1, Paul and Timothy, they call, let's look at this first, they call themselves bondservants of Jesus Christ. They didn't call themselves Jesus Christ, our buddy, our friend, our homeboy, the big guy in the sky, all that. They identified themselves at his beck and call. With joy, by the way. So they're recognizing that their life, and why would they not? Because what a genuine believer does is you're exchanging your life for his. So we're at his beck and call. You may think, oh, that sounds like hard work. That doesn't sound like fun. I disagree. The Bible would disagree. It's an exciting aspect of life to live a daily life being a part of something that's bigger than you. Now, there's a lot of things in this world that are bigger than you individually, but none bigger than Jesus Christ. He says, we are bond servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints. Say saints. saints. See, some would hear that word and go and, and either fly past it or would say, well, wait a minute, saints, isn't that for a certain element of people, a certain element of believers in a different day, time, and age? Doesn't somebody have to deem somebody else to be a sainthood? Here, Paul is writing to this group in Philippi, these believers, and calling them saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. Well, how and why, how could he call them saints? Does that mean they have perfect behavior all the time? No. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a position that you're placed in as a believer by our God, as a saint in Christ Jesus, who are in Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons. So he's recognizing the church that is there. Grace to you, peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. So be careful not to overlook the introductions of the Bible. Many times these letters, we just kind of read them and want to get to what the Scripture is saying, and we overlook it. Have you ever found yourself on that end of a phone call where it's, so, it's kind of superficial? Like, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. And then you kind of go on with your next line. It's kind of just, you're just going through the, 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 the formality. It's even worse when you're getting off the phone with somebody. This actually happened to me um, about a three, four weeks ago. I was talking to Betty Jones on the phone, and um, I guess she had a brain block and thought I was one of her kids, and ended with you, okay, love you, bye. I'm glad that she loves me. Uh, that's not a terminology that we do all the time, Pastor Roger, just so you know. That was just a, a deal there. But what happens, and I do the same thing, I get caught, and you're just kind of going through the, the routine of it, and we, we tend to overlook the introductions or the, or the conclusion. In this letter, don't overlook when Paul is writing. Look at how he starts a, a letter and he ends a letter. What is an epistle? You know what it is? Is it not one-sided phone conversation? They, they didn't have phones then. They didn't have all the things that we have. That was their primary way uh, of communicating by distance. So verse 3 through 6 picks up, and this is what I want us to consider this morning as we think about this first point of I have you in my mind. I have you in my mind. Verse 3 says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6, I love it, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's the verse that I take and make a Scottyism out of and say that God is always up to something in your life. Look at what he says, being confident. We can have confidence. That doesn't mean arrogance, but we can be confident that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. Not just start, but complete. That means he has to do something in the middle. He has to do something in the middle. Well, as Paul is waiting for trial for, from imprisonment, where is he at? I mean, he's literally waiting for his trial in, in jail, and he's thinking of others. What, what would we tend to do in that situation? I think we would tend to go look at me, praying for me, thinking about me. Oh, me, my, this is not good. 
Paul was thinking for others. How could he do that? Why would he do that? Well, according to Acts 16, this is where that scenario takes place, and you're seeing the letter of it. Paul had a terrible time in Philippi. He was illegally arrested. He was beaten. He was in jail, humiliated publicly. But yet Paul found joy. Why? Two reasons. The jailer came to Christ. Would you be willing to go to jail so that someone else can have not just eternal life, but, but life genuine? That's what it means to be a bondservant of Jesus Christ. I don't know that I'd sign up for that one. That's, that's a hard way of looking at being a bondservant of Jesus Christ. But Paul found joy because the jailer came to Christ and because of the growth in the believers. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you in verse 3. Paul turned his thoughts and his remembrances into prayer. I love this. I'm setting you up for a pretty cool story that happened to me on Friday. Verse 4, he took his thoughts and his remembrance and turned them into prayer. Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all. Period? No. With joy. Prayer wasn't a, an arduous, taskless thing I got to do. I'm going to tell you something that happened to me that... Um, was, was a reminder. It happened Friday. I have people in my life that I would never doubt love me. I, I have many, many, many people that love me. I don't even doubt it. Don't have to question it. I was, uh, Friday morning I was driving and this person came across my mind. I'll tell you his name. His name is Ken Dady. Many of you know that name. He has spent years invested in me, our church, Pastor Rick, many, many years. And while he was on my mind, I thought, I'm just going to call Ken Dady. He usually calls me on my birthday um, and sings happy birthday, and that's it. And uh, so I, he came across my mind, and I just called him. And he was actually on the phone talking to Indonesia, and he calls me, Scotty, hey, Scotty, thank you for calling, but I'm on the line. I said, I'm just calling to say Scott Land loves Ken Dady. That's it. Now I don't want anything. I have no agenda. You go handle your phone call. But you know what he did? He goes, dear father, I pray for Scott right now, whatever he's doing, whatever what he finds himself doing today. While I'm driving, he turned my thought, my remembrance of him, he turned it into prayer for me. That was a, just a pretty cool moment for me. What a practice for us that when people come across our minds, we pray for them. So I was on the, I had a phone conversation last night with somebody, and we were talking about this, that our prayer time, our prayer life is, is just personally speaking, it's struggling right now. No, not that we don't take the time. Our, our, our prayer list is fine. But having a prayer list and having a quality prayer time is two different things. Are you with me? And especially during the last year and all the things that are coming. Listen, Pastor Roger is wearing crosstalk out. You know, he sends out a text, an email, and a voicemail. We've had a lot. And keep, keep doing that. I'm not saying don't do, it, don't do it. What I'm emphasizing is that over the last, what, month, we have had a lot of issues in our church, just sickness and, 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 and different things happening. But what happens is our prayer life can become a task list, not intimate time with God. See the difference? See what happened there? So Paul takes these remembrance. As you come across my mind, he turns it into prayer. Look in verse 5 with me. Verse 5 says, For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, comma, Fellowship in the gospel. This is intimacy with Jesus Christ. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. Keep your finger there in Philippians, but turn to 1 Corinthians. I'll ask Spencer to put this on the board as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. And after that, we'll touch 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. 
We're talking about fellowship in the gospel. Paul is writing to them at Philippi in the fellowship that we have. The word fellowship, the intimacy with Christ first. We, you're going to struggle to have genuine uh, connectivity, genuine looking out for each other, genuine personal intimacy with each other on a spiritual level if you don't have Christ first. All you're going to have is an emotional by a thing that would tie you together. But 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 reads like this, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. That verse does not read, God is not faithful whom call, who were called into the fellowship of, his, of each other. That's a byproduct. The fellowship is with Jesus Christ. The question is, do you know Him? Is Christ first and foremost in your life? Do you know Jesus Christ? Or is he just another, I've done that thing, but I don't see how he works in the real world. Jesus is the real world. He came to give life. He's the resurrection and the life. Don't be a dead man walking. Understand, study, who is this Jesus Christ? And and beseech the Lord. Pray that he would uh, transform your life into the image of our Savior. So the fellowship is in the gospel, first and foremost with Jesus Christ. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, the very next book. Sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4. 2 Corinthians 8, 4. Because you have this relationship first and foremost with Christ, now you're going to have the relationship with each other. Notice it doesn't say with the world, but with other fellow believers is what we're talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. It's a gift to serve each other. Is that what that says? It's a gift to serve each other. We now have that relationship. We have that ability. Sometimes we, um, we don't view it that way. We're looking for what we can get out of each other, not what we can give each other. We have to guard that, don't we? You'll be shocked at how much and how far an encouraging word would go. You may be shocked. You may be shocked at just what a, a genuine smile can do for each other in this very room. Looking back at Philippians, we want to look at verse 6. We want to look at verse 6. Why? Verse 6 is the staple verse, really, one of my staple verses for my personal life. He said, being confident in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, of this very thing, of what very thing? The fellowship in Christ, the fellowship in each other. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's doing a work, and by the way, sometimes he uses you to do a work in me. He uses each other in a church body to help build and edify each other up. That's where all the one anotherings come from that we've talked about over the years. When he begins a work of salvation, he completes it. He will complete. We're not in his good graces by our works. The scale will never balance out. If you're trying to make your good outweigh your bad, it'll it'll never even be balanced, more or less advantaged to your good side. Because we have a depravity in our life. God continues to work in the believer from the beginning to the end. And there is a threefold work of the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's get excited about this. The work that God does for us is salvation. The work that God does in us is sanctification. And the work that he does through us is service. You see what I did there? Did you see the prepositions, Karen? You caught that. So he, God does a work for us, in us, and through us. Salvation, sanctification, and service. And this work continues until the day of Jesus Christ. So I know you may get mundane in your walk. You may get mundane in your daily grind. You will get distracted 
Some of you have had extra time over the last year. Some of you have been busier because of the pandemic. But with, you can get apathetic toward the things of God, toward your walk. All, all of these go into that big stew that we're cooking this morning to where we don't see him working in our life. God, what, what? where are you at? How's this work? And it still falls in comparison to where Paul's writing from. There are people dying around Paul. He's in jail. The, the outlook for him from a, a, a humanly um, a point of view is, is grim. It's grave. And yet Paul, it was the joy for Paul to know and see God working in their lives. In Christian fellowship, which is an ingredient to joy, Paul found it by having these believers in mind. So when you think of each other, I encourage you to do this. Pray. pray. Don't pray, Lord, Gary Coffey's a wreck. So help him in all his, the ways that he's struggling and all of them. How about praying in a positive manner? Lord, thank you for Gary Coffey, his voice. Oh, what a blessing it is to hear him sing. Lift him up. Encourage him in prayer. Don't approach our prayer life from that always the negative aspect. Lift each other up. There's times when we need to pray for, for safety and, and all those things that are going. Absolutely. But balance it out. Balance it out. Verse 7 and 8, he, he gives us another food for thought, and it's this. I have you in my heart. So first he says, I have you in my mind. Now he's saying, I have you in my heart. Look in verse 7 and 8. Just as, as it is right for me to think this of you all. Because I have you in my heart. Say heart. Inasmuch as both in my change and chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. Verse 8, for God is my witness, how greatly I long for you with all the affection of Jesus Christ. Now he moves it to a deeper level. As you were on my mind... But now it's moved to his heart. The real you is in your heart. It's possible to have people on your mind, but not in your heart. Verse 7 stands out because it is love that is, is the, the tie that binds together. Love is the evidence of salvation. In fact, Spencer, I'll have you put on the board 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. We'll look at this together on the screen. 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. It, again, love is the evidence of salvation. For we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Listen, let me pause there for a second. Do you love each other? That can be hard to do. To, 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 to love like Christ. Do we love each other? That's a question only you can answer because you can have each other on your mind but not in our heart. I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a good way to know if a person, uh, an exercise to know if our church members, you're a member of this church, if they're in your heart or on your mind. Get out our most current directory. Our most current directory would be 20, I guess it would be last year's. Look at this. Just look at it. How often has that person came across your mind versus how often have you prayed for that person or that family? That's a, a great indicator. It's a great exercise. Now, I'm one up on you because when last spring, remember when we were putting signs in the yards? I went over every name in the book and we, uh, Pastor Roger did some, we kind of divvied out, but Carl and I did the bulk. And you know what? I found out several things from that good uh, proper endeavor that we were trying to do. One, you people are scattered all over this county. A lot of driving. That was the one thing. Two, it took a lot of time. It just took so much time of getting from place to place, but that was okay because you know what? As we're looking at that list, you were on our mind. Here's the third that I learned from that. Our endeavor was to pray in the driveway as we put the sign in the yard. We would 
pray for every house that we went to, whether it was a house or apartment or whatever it was. That got hard to do, to have a heartfelt prayer for a family, for you, without being repetitious and, and mundane in the prayer. It became very challenging. But what happened is I learned from that is I can make it personal. I know you personally. So I tried to make the prayer personal. Maybe something like from where you work or your likes or dislikes or, or your strengths or your struggles. So you have to know each other personally in order to have them on your mind, to get them in your heart, to pray for them as well. That verse goes on. Who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoa, why such strong terminology? Because he is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the author of our love. The opposite of God is evil. God is life. Evil is death. Paul uses in verse 7, going back to Philippians chapter 7, just that it is right for me to think this of you all. The word you all um, nine times in this letter. Of course, here at Cross Point Baptist Church, we say y'all. Uh, the point is, Paul is writing to the whole church. That's who he's writing to. Every believer, this is applicable. The word heart, the innermost part of a person, where one thinks and reflects. That's where he has them. Look in verse um, Look in verse 7. Just that it is right for me to thank this of you all because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the Bible. Let's look at these two words, defense and confirmation. Talking about a negative and a positive aspects of Paul's ministry. He defended the gospel against opponents. And yet, at the same time, while he was having to defend, he was confirming the gospel in others. We, um, one of our pastor teachers that we admire here so much, uh, uses this line about the Bible, that we don't defend it, we just unleash it. We just unleash it. We don't want to be arrogant with it or in your face with it. We just need to live it out. But that's what Paul is saying here. On one hand, he's having to defend it because it was being attacked. There is a time to stand up. We need to make sure that you as a believer are standing at your post when it's time to defend the Bible. Whether it's against our nation, against another religion, or against a world opponent. You know, we're just a small in number. Why, why are you making us think out of that? Because you need to stand on what's true and what's right, not what's popular. What's true and what's right will last for eternity. What's popular can drag you away. It can be your demise. Don't be scared. Don't be scared of the gospel message that you claim to live in your life, you claim to have in your life. The gospel message is powerful. It's life transforming. It wants, evil wants to water it down. The little. The gospel message is as powerful today as it's always been. It may not be as popular, but it's as powerful as it's always been. The defense and the confirmation. He defended the gospel against the opponents, yet he confirmed it. And by the way, he also confirmed it through the powerful signs by letting God work. Verse 8, he uses the word affection. Translated, it means internal organs. Now, that's kind of gross when you think about that, where he says, For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection, with, my, with everything I have, is, is what he's ultimately saying there. Let him do that work. Now, consider this as we think about 9, 10, and 11, is this. I have you in my prayers, and that's the last point of this introduction that he's sharing. 
I have you in my prayers. Verse 9 says, In this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Paul found joy in remembering them before the throne of grace. Is your prayer time that task list? It's okay to have a list. It's okay to write things down. My problem is I write things down and forget where I put the paper. <laughs> That's okay to do that. But there's, is there joy in your prayer time or are you just filling, filling the time? Just filling the discipline. The high priests of the Old Testament, they literally wore a way of uh, ephod over their heart, a, a garment that had 12 stones with the names of the 12 tribes of Israel over their heart. I would say that Paul spiritually carried these believers over his heart. But this is a prayer of maturity in verse 9, love abounding and discerning, because Christian love is not blind. And verse 10 reads like this, that you may approve the things that are excellent. How many know that there's a lot of things in this world, in our, in our world, that are excellent, but they need to be recognized. They need to be confirmed. You can see God's hand, but other people can't. You may, that you may approve the things that are right, that you're seeing them with God's discernment, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. It's a prayer of character in verse 10. He says sincere, that means tested. He uses the word without offense, that our lives do not cause others to stumble. What an opportunity we have had over the last year to show faith, to show trust, to show that we can trust the Lord, we can trust God with our daily walk. How has your life been over the last year? Have others looked at your life and go, why are they not rattled by the pandemic? Or have others looked at your life and said, man, for a believer, they're just as nervous and scared as everybody else. I don't know why things happen the way they do, but I know who's in control. I know who our God is, so we don't ever have to panic Did your walk over the last year cause other people to stumble? Over the last year, if Christ would have returned, is there any point when you would have been ashamed of that moment? Now, again, I'm not, my goal isn't to beat you up. It's, it's food for thought. Paul also wants to fulfill them, to fill them and to be fruitful. Verse 11, being Filled. Say filled. Filled. Not just filled with the fruits of living right. That's righteousness. Be filled with that, which are by Christ Jesus to the glory and the praise of God. To be filled. Not, not meagerly trying to eat this life out on this earth. He wants us to live our life in confidence. Being confident in this very thing. You can live your life in confidence. Lord, I don't know what the next moment's going to bring, but I'm going to take the next step with a smile on my face, knowing that you're up to something. Not just busy with activities, but spiritual fruit that is produced when we're in genuine fellowship with Jesus Christ. I'm convinced and, and, and I, it's challenging because I will challenge you to put spiritual disciplines in your life that we need. I need. You need. We need these things. But I, the personal pronoun I, and perhaps you, we try to produce the results in our own efforts, not in the Spirit's. We, I, I think that good behavior is a, a spirit of the uh, is a fruitful thing, when really it's just me masking my bad attitude with a good behavior. Pastor Scott, why are you always smiling? Well, sometimes it's fake. 
to be honest, we need to let him work in our life, allowing his life to produce the fruit. What fruit does he want? He wants the fruit of the Spirit. He wants us sharing the name of Jesus Christ with others. He wants personal holiness, Romans chapter 6, verse 22. He wants us to be fruitful in every good work. Think about that. He wants us to be fruitful in every, everything that we do. He wants good fruit out of it. He wants our praise off our lips, Hebrews chapter 13. So check this out. The fruit tree does not make this great noise when it produces a crop. As far as I know, it doesn't make any noise. It just happens. You can't see the growth of a, of a fruitful crop. You can see things, because you, you can't see what's going on on the inside of the tree or the plant. You can see it grow in height. You can see it maybe a bud. You can see it produce something eventually. But you can't see what's going on on the inside. That would be a great example of John chapter 15. That is what John chapter 15 is saying. That he's divine, we're the branches. He's doing the work from the inside out. The difference between spiritual fruit and religious activity is that fruit brings glory to God. Spiritual activity will just wear you out. Well, I want that to be our scripture for today. Paul had them on his mind, he had them in his heart, and he had them in his prayers. True Christian fellowship is much deeper than friendship. It is great to see you today. A couple weeks is, is just too long of not being able to see. There's just something very special about the in, being able to communicate face-to-face -face and in person. Now, we want to be smart. We want to be careful. But there's something special in seeing each other, isn't there? Now, I want to have you parlay that into keeping each other in, in mind, in heart, and in prayer because that's the kind of fellowship that produces joy. Let's go to work on that. Let's go to work on that. Have you been encouraged today? Amen. amen. Have you stayed awake today? Yeah, here's the amen. <laughs> well, let's be dismissed in a word of prayer. I want you praying for Jewel, who's usually here. He's struggling to make the, trans the transportation. And I want you to think of the others that... Um, aren't able to be here, but I am encouraged by the attendance today. Um, if this rain was snow, we may not be meeting this morning, but it's not snow and we are here. So be in prayer throughout our day as well as we have four o'clock today, Awana and Word of Life will be in full swing as well. But it's good to see friends of past and um, our church members alike. Remember, if you need us, you need to reach out to us. Your Bible, your, your uh, LifePoint Bible study groups, we want, we, we're here for you. We want to lead. You can call Pastor Roger. I call him Commander Brad. You can reach out to Andrew for real life and our teens. You know, don't feel alone. You're not. Reach out. They're here. Let's bow in prayer. Lord, thank you for loving us and being patient with us. But thank you so much for your word today. It's given us a direction. It's given us a reminder, perhaps clarity for some. It's given us hope. You're not distant. You're close. We continue to be close. Teach us how to love. Teach us how to work. Teach us how to be well-pleasing to you and do these things with confidence and with a smile. We lift up the cross before you because it is the cross that we're able to enter your throne, dear God. And we lift up you, Holy Spirit, for continuing. You're, you've never lost a one. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being our God. We'll be, continue to be your children and your people. Lift this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are dismissed.